This episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry sent me a razor starter kit recently to try, and I put it to use very quickly because I keep myself clean shaven. In fact, I pretty much shave every single day because I have lots of facial hair. It grows back very quickly, and it's also really thick, and it hurts a lot when I shave normally, with a bad razor at least. So I've been using Harry's razors for like a week now. They're very nice. It's a five-blade razor, and I have to say, it really does effortlessly shave through my normally very annoying facial hair. It doesn't hurt one bit, no tugging, anything like that. And it stayed sharp the entire time as well. I'm very impressed so far. It also has kind of a good weight to it. It's like heavier than normal. I don't know. It's like, it's just got a good weight to it. I really like that. I didn't know I liked it before, but now I know I like it. I also really liked the shaving cream just because it smells really good. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by questionable shaving products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. Harry's has a customizable delivery option for scheduled refills as low as $2, half of what you pay from other big brands. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com otherworld. That's harrys.com slash otherworld for a $3 trial set. I have always wished that my Spanish was better. Living in Southern California and going to Mexico a lot for surfing, weekend trips, stuff like that. It's just very handy. I took three years of it in high school, but I really didn't learn that much from the books. I basically only got really good at asking various types of people where the library is located, which turns out to be not a phrase you use that often when you're on vacation. Rosetta Stone is a much more organic and easy way to learn a new language because it really immerses you in that language. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop, and also it has an app. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish. Like I said, it's fast language acquisition because it really immerses you in the language. There's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. They also have speech recognition features like True Accent, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also an amazing value. They offer a lifetime membership, which includes all 25 languages, which is perfect for any and all trips you might have in your future with various languages you might want to learn. Don't put off learning that new language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Otherworld listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com otherworld today. Welcome to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. This week's episode is about something that I'm pretty sure most people have heard some version of before. It's a person that remembers their past life, or at least that's what they think it is. They have memories from before they were born that do not match the life they currently live. And I'd say that most of the time when I've heard something like this, it involves a little kid saying weird stuff. They're talking about an old relative that does not exist saying generally strange things, as a lot of children do. I've only heard these stories secondhand before. And even with the secondhand stories, I'd be a little suspicious putting something like that onto the show if it's just something that a little kid said. But when this person wrote me 
about what happened to them, I realized that I was dealing with something very different. And I think you'll understand why once you hear the story. I think this topic is very interesting. It's one of those things where I'm very grateful that somebody wrote in about this and I'm super excited to potentially tell more stories of this type on the podcast because quite frankly, I don't know what it is. I think it's one of those where cultures apply their own framework to explain this topic, but it could be a lot of different things. So I'm grateful to have this story. I think you're all going to really enjoy it. This comes from a person named Jaden. The title is My Other Sister, and you're listening to Otherworld. Hello? It's Bobby? Yes, it is. We're still, you still rolling? Yeah, let us, let us know when you're ready. Okay, okay. That's a feel for the asking question. You tell me Samoa in the Pacific Island came for being superstitious. This is a, a story about... My name is Jaden. I'm 26. I live in uh, Calgary, Alberta. I work at a doggy daycare. Um, I have a dog named Wasabi. Um, my family owns a bowling alley and I grew up in just like a very typical life. I would say I um, went to a public school and I, I grew up going to church a little bit, but it wasn't super, um, we weren't like a super religious family. We definitely yeah, did church for Christmas and everything and talked about God and all that uh, when I was younger, but it wasn't anything like super strict and anything like that. Um, but when I was younger, I used to talk about God a lot with my family and I would tell my mom that I would say super weird things and she would always get a little bit uncomfortable Um I would always talk about how like I barely remember what heaven looks like and how I remember playing basketball with baby Jesus. And um, I would talk about like my angel friends and stuff. And it was, it didn't bother her too much, but I started talking about how I had died um, previously. Um, And I I do still remember a, a little bit. I remember dying in 1983, 13 years before I was born. I was in the car with my dad and my sister, and the radio was on. It was the new year, and it was talking about, like, let's kick off 1983 to, like, a good start, and talking about, like, people's goals for the year. And um, I was playing with a, a bouncy ball with my sister in the back of the car. And I don't really know what significance that has with it, but that's what I remember. And then all of a sudden, we hit a wall, and that's that's it. This happened in Regina. That's where I, I was born. We would drive around, and when I was like three years old, I would point at random things and be like, oh, that's my grandparents' house. And my mom would be like, that's not where your grandparents live. No, 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 not these grandparents, my old grandparents. And I would randomly announce at the intersection where I remember dying that, like, this is where my daddy died. And she'd be like, your dad's not dead? I'm like, not this daddy. My last daddy. 
And then I would talk about my sister. Now, I don't have any sisters. I have two brothers. Um, but I would talk about my sister all the time. And I was always so excited when I would get to see her. She would come and play with me sometimes. And it was it was really wonderful. My sister was older than me. I would say she was probably 10 when she died or when we died. I don't know. Um, she was blonde and had curly hair, like ringlet curls. It was really cute. And she was wearing a blue dress the day we died. I remember that. Um, and that's how she always comes to me when I see her now and when I saw her when I was younger. I don't know. My mom used to always get kind of um, confused because I would talk about things that I never experienced. I would talk about, or I guess things that I did experience that she didn't know of. <laughs> but she would, I used to tell her all the time about playing uh, basketball with baby Jesus and how I could barely remember what heaven looked like. And she thought it was cute, but like I would bring it up often um, and unprompted as well. How old were you talking about playing basketball with Jesus, baby Jesus? I, I used to do this when I lived in Saskatchewan. So like I said, I, um, we moved before I was four. So from basically the time I could speak until I was like three and a half, I used to talk about this. Um, playing basketball with baby Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> Basketball has never been my sport, so it's a very weird thing for me to decide <laughs> that I that I did. I know. Uh, I'm also wondering, like, how old, how old is Jesus hooping up there? Are we talking I like don't a, know. He was, a he was new, baby? New, I don't know. If he was newborn baby Jesus, baby Jesus? <laughs> is this like a toddler? I don't remember that part in particular. I just I barely remembered it when I was three. I don't know. <laughs> but my mom talks. Yeah, my mom tells me that story all the time because she thought it was so cute. But um, yeah, and how I barely remembered what Jesus looked like or what heaven looked like. And, um, but yeah, she would always get very upset when I talked about dying um, and talking about how my dad died with me and talking about how my sister died. And like I said, I don't have a sister. So very, it bothered her a lot. That always bothered her, and she never looked into it because it scared her. I wish I kept better track because, of course, it was a while ago, but um, she was probably about two or three. I'm saying probably closer to three for sure, and it was before four, I know, because we moved when, when she was four, before she turned four. So it was probably in when she was three, and she would just, yeah, like just say random things like, well, I think she told you, and I told, she said that she could hardly remember when she used to live in heaven. And she goes, oh, she goes, oh, how did she say that? She goes, oh, I I can, uh, oh, yeah, or just something like, yeah, I can hardly remember heaven I when I used to live there. She'd say stuff like that, like just out of the blue, you know, she'd just say something and like that. And then she'd say, oh, the, <laughs> I'm sure she told you the basketball with baby Jesus. Yeah. She said she used to like playing basketball with baby Jesus. She said that. And then she'd say, I remember then later on, she'd kind of look out our front window and she'd go, oh, there's my friend, Annie. And I, I thought it was, it sounded like Annie to me. And then I thought there was lots of kids in the neighborhood. I thought it was a friend or whatever. So I'd look outside and there was nobody there. She'd go, oh, she's gone. She's gone. And then she'd started saying that was her sister. And, but of course we'd never see her. She'd just 
oh, there she is. Oh, she's gone. You know, she'd point out the window or she'd point somewhere and then she was gone. And then, like, and, and this would be all spread out. Like, she'd just say one random thing and then she wouldn't say anything for another couple weeks or whatever. And then, yeah, and, and I guess she told you then about the car accident spot where she said we were driving and she goes, oh, this is where, this is where I died. Well, do you remember that happening? Or is it just from... Yeah, so we were driving along in this intersection. She goes, oh, 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 here's where here's where I died. Or the, here's where my family died or uh, me and my family died. And it's like, what? And she goes, oh, not you. My other family. Because I must have looked kind of upset. She's like, no, not you. My other family. And then she just, you know, sits there all calm. and <laughs> But she's like three. So I didn't really... I didn't know what to say. I didn't ask her any more questions. I probably should have. But I just would kind of go, oh okay and I'd let it go because it was very weird stuff like that yeah so she she did say that at a certain intersection um in Regina then the other thing at later on then she would point out and she go oh my grandma and grandpa used to live there and she just kind of point this direction kind of near that intersection and then nobody we knew ever lived down there so she just kind of point over there oh yeah yeah that's where my grandma and grandpa used to live I was like oh, okay that's not where your grandma and grandpa live but okay whatever and I, unfortunately, I found it a little creepy, so I didn't pursue it. I didn't ask her any questions. I didn't say much about it. I just, she'd say random things, and we'd just go, oh, okay, sure. And and we just didn't, we didn't pursue it too much. So, but she, but she, yeah, she did that probably for about that, like, probably that whole year she was three, probably in that time. So you have other kids. I mean, like, were they okay. saying weird stuff? Like, like, when did this separate from, like, oh, this is not, this is more than just, like, a little kid saying stuff? Well, I think because, like, you know, she'd say one thing, and then, like, a three weeks later, she'd say something else. And so, like, you know, for it took a while for it to kind of go, oh, wait a minute, she keeps talking about the same kind of thing. Um, and then she she would bring up the, the girl lots. Like, that would, that would happen lots. She would talk about her friend or her sister and that she sees her all the time. And so it probably took a little while before I clued in that it wasn't just... Or it seemed like it wasn't just random little statements. And I don't think she was doing it to get a reaction out of us because I don't think we were reacting very much about it. Like, I think we just kind of, I usually just kind of went, oh, okay, great. And then just let it go. So, but I could have maybe asked her more. I don't know. Did you ever have a conversation with her about it where you're like, hey, what, what is this stuff? Even like later in life? Yeah, later in life, we definitely talked about it. Because I'd say to her, do you remember that? And she and she would. And then she would say, I don't think, she, I think she's, she said to me later on that she still would see this little girl. But she never told me about it again later. Like, as she got a little bit older, I think she didn't talk about it to me very much. Um, she said later on, like, when she was, you know, older, older, that she still saw that little girl like after we moved so she just turned four when we moved and then I didn't hear her say too much about it after that um we did talk about it later like I'd, I'd asked her if she remembered saying any of those things and if she remembered talking about that stuff so yeah I did I did mention to her later and I did think about even after we moved thinking, oh, I should look it up and see if I can find anything about that intersection or sometime, you know, I don't know, what you'd look up around when she was born or just that intersection, I don't know. And she don't, I don't recall her saying names, like, other than any, which it sounded like any to me, unless it was Amy or... She was little, of course, so... She would call the little girl any, I thought. But 
Yeah, she didn't say other names, really. Is there anything else that I should know or you want to add? Yeah, no, like it was it was like sporadic and it probably went on for about a year, but it wasn't like daily. It was every once in a while. She just brings something up. And I'm sure maybe I've forgotten other instances. Unfortunately, I didn't I didn't write notes. I probably should have, but I didn't. So and I do remember talking to my like sister-in-laws about it and they're like, oh, you should look that up. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm comfortable doing that. But yeah. so, so we did tell people, like I did tell a few people at the time and, but I don't think any, nobody really pursued it. So. So with the memory of the car crash, like, can you tell me a little bit more about it? Like, and like how this fits into your brain versus like, like a weird dream yeah. or something like that. Like I, I know that this is something that probably people are going to have a hard time believing. Yeah, when I think about the accident, I remember I was sitting in the back passenger seat. My sister, it was in a car. It was in a car. So it was like the bench seat in the back. So I was in the back passenger side seat. Um, when I looked to my left, I could see my sister in the back seat next to me and my dad was driving. Um. Like I said, my sister had blonde hair, like the really beautiful, like gold blonde hair. Like if you imagine Goldilocks as a human, that's what she looks like. Um, and my dad had a white brown hair um, and a mustache. And the radio was playing. We had a little um, car scent thing hanging on the back review mirror. Um and yeah, it was it was snowing out, uh, and I I remember it just like I would a memory. I have weird dreams, but when I dream, I dream third person, so I can see myself. In this memory, I can't see myself, so that's that's how I know it's a memory. Every single dream is like I'm watching a movie, um, and I'm one of the actors. But in my memories, it's from my point of view, and that's how I remember being in the car and we were, I don't know if that explains it any better. How old were you in the car crash? Um, like I, like I can't see myself, but I know my sister was older than me. So I would guess seven. Like I, I know, like and I don't know how I know, but it's just like a, a feeling. Like I, I just know that she's, she was my big sister. Um, I don't know, six or seven is my guess. Got it. Yeah, but she looks like she was 10. How old were you when you first knew about the crash? Well, it was just a, a memory. So it was just kind of always there. Um, I think I started talking about it probably when I was two or when I could kind of start making comprehensible sentences. But it was just kind of there. My mom didn't really tell me about it until I was a bit older. And I I always assumed it was a dream or something. Then she was like, oh, I remember you talking about that. And I was like, oh. Or like, I don't know. I was a very imaginative kid. So I thought maybe I had just made it up. But I wouldn't have, I didn't talk about my imagination with my family unless I was like telling a story. And there was usually like unicorns and these ridiculous things. I was I was a kid. Why would I make up dying? It's a very weird 
morbid thing for a child to do. Are there any other times you remember seeing her? I remember seeing my sister a lot when I lived in Saskatchewan. Um, like I would have little tea parties and it would be like with my, my like teddy bears and dolls and, and her. And I, I would see her all the time. And I had this tricycle. I named it Wobbly because I would fall off it all the time. But she would always run beside me when I was riding that tricycle. Um, she was just there all the time. Like whenever I was playing something, she was just there. And like, I was fully aware that nobody else could see her. And like, to me, she wasn't an imaginary friend. I had imaginary friends, but she wasn't, I I couldn't see my imaginary friends and I could see her. Um, so we moved in 2000 to Calgary, little town outside of Calgary. And I started seeing her less and less. I started I started only seeing her when I was doing kind of reckless things. And, and I was not like a girly girl. I was played with my brothers. All my best friends were boys. We, we played rough. <laughs> so I saw her, I saw her only when we were, you know, being kind of reckless. Um, one of the most distinct memories I have of her is I was six years old. Um, and my dad had built us this like play for it in the backyard and I had monkey bars. And, uh, the second, the second rung was, was loose. And so, and I hated going on it because I would always slip and it kind of scared me. And so I decided to skip that second rung, kind of like skip the bar. And, um, my arms were not long enough and I fell and I hit the ground and I broke my arm. Um, I didn't scream or cry or anything right away. Um, I, I never really have, but I felt a cold hand on my back and I turned around and it was her and I didn't see her very often at this point anymore. Um, and usually only in the distance. And I, I had convinced myself that she was kind of made up. And then I saw her and I screamed and I was so scared and so confused because she was there. Like she wasn't transparent. It wasn't like a shadow. I could see her. Um, and she looked so worried. And then my mom opened the back door to come into the yard after I had screamed and then she just disappeared and she was just gone. And I didn't see her for so long after that. And I didn't tell anybody about that because I, I was six. I was like, I know when things kind of sound crazy. So I didn't say anything. What did she, what did she look like? You, like you turned around, like, can you describe her like everything you can remember? Yeah. Like she, she was 10 years old still. She had her blonde hair and her blue dress. She had a little bow around her waist. Um, and yeah, she just looked worried. Like just, just so worried. Um, like you could tell that like in her eyes, you could kind of feel that she was like there to make sure I was okay. And then when I screamed, she looked almost offended. If that kind of makes sense, like she was conscious of what I was doing. That's how I feel anyways. I feel like she was aware of my feelings and I hurt her feelings in the act of it. Um, yeah, that's just, yeah, she, she was kneeling down right behind me, kind of like crouching and hand just like flat right in the center of my back. I was, I was scared. Like, like I said, like I had kind of 
I didn't see her very often at the time. And like, I, I saw her only when I was doing really reckless things. And, but like, also like she had never touched me. That was the first time I ever felt her. And so it went from being like a, oh, maybe I've just kind of made her up and I'm just like, I know I'm doing something scary. So I'm picturing her to, uh, I've just been touched by this thing. It must be real. So it was, it was a scary moment and I had just broken my arm. So that was double scary. Um, so yeah. When you say you would see her doing reckless things, like before this happened, were you, did you have times where you would see her? Yeah. Like we would, uh, like, you know, like climbing trees or something on like a tree that probably shouldn't have been climbed, like, like thin branches or something. I would kind of see her off in the distance. Um, just kind of watching, but in my mind, I just kind of decided she wasn't actually there. It was like some other random kid or whatever, but she was always wearing a blue dress. Um, or like, yeah, we would uh, like ride bikes or sit on skateboards and like go flying down hills and stuff. And I remember kind of, again, seeing her off in the distance in those moments. But yeah, just doing like the typical outdoors, ridiculous things back in the early 2000s when parents didn't have to watch over their kids every second. What would you think of it at the time? Like when you would see her, like what would, how would you kind of like process that? Like seeing this girl, what would you think? Well, half the time I would just kind of assume it was a random person. I do remember kind of thinking it was odd that it was always a person wearing a blue dress. Um, but like, I think I just kind of thought either it was a random person or, um, yeah, some, I don't know, just kind of assuming it was something like that. So, uh, when I was nine, I went to a camp and it was like an outdoors ranch camp kind of thing. There was, uh, so much to do. There were these big rock walls and horseback riding and archery ranges and you could just like really be like an out, like you could be outdoors and had a lot of fun. Um, but we did this rock wall that we had, we could climb up to the very top and then rappel back down. Um, and I've always been, I've always loved heights. Like I've never been scared of falling. I just, I like feeling really high up. Um, but I wanted to go down head first. And so we had to have our right hand behind our back and our left hand holding the rope above us. And then we would just lay right back down. And I had put my hands in the wrong order. So my left hand was behind my back and I wasn't moving because I was holding it wrong. So I wasn't able to slide at all. And so they were like, okay, so take your, your right hand and move it behind your back and then switch. Um, but I, for some reason, just let go. Like instead of, you know, grabbing onto the rope to hold myself up, I just let go. And I started just free falling and she appeared again and she was falling with me. Her head was also down and she just looked horrified. She was so upset. And then it 
like she didn't say anything. She just looked super, super scared. Um, thankfully, the adult that was holding the rope at the bottom kind of ran out and ended up sliding into him and I didn't hit the ground. Um, but yeah, she, I, I kind of clicked in then that she was there in my time of need kind of thing, I guess. Um, this was also like a, a Christian ranch camp. So there's lots of religion and talk about angels and stuff there. So I feel like that was another reason she was there. So like vividly in that moment. Um, but yeah, she just watched me and just looked so scared. And like, I didn't even, like, I didn't scream or anything. I was just falling. I was like, here we go. <laughs> Little roller coaster, I guess. She was wearing a blue dress again. The only, like, her hair wasn't moving as you would expect somebody who was, like, falling would. Like, it, her hair was still still-ish. Like, it had movement, but it wasn't, like, it was rushing through the wind. But, yeah, she was still wearing her blue dress. She's always a, it's always a blue dress. Um, yeah, and then as I started getting older... Like I said, I only really saw her doing like something really stupid. Um, but nothing, like I, I don't really remember any like distinct moments as a uh, kind of between then and when I was like 16. Like the, the, the most vivid moments I have from when I was little were breaking my arm and the rock wall incident. Um, and then it was, like I said, like when I was younger, like I said, like she was just kind of off in the distance. So again, I would only ever see her doing kind of stupid things. Like if I was out walking in the streets in the middle of the night, right? Like sometimes I would see her there and I would kind of feel uneasy, like something bad was going to happen. Or um, I don't know. She always just gave me a feeling of like, you shouldn't be doing this. Whenever I saw her as like a young teenager. Yeah. Like when I was with my friends and stuff, I would, know see her and be like hey guys we should really stop doing this let's go back to wherever we were supposed to be or you know that kind of thing um not that I was like a super irresponsible kid I just often had not the greatest ideas I guess like I I was always the one who was like oh my gosh let's just it's the middle of the night let's go play tag in the streets like we I grew up in a small town so it wasn't a horrible horribly dangerous thing to do but still not a good idea and I would see her off in the distance for those kind of things. And um, like walking through the woods late at night, I would see her then and just doing things that are generally just not great ideas. Okay, we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back. I used to be really bad at keeping track of my finances. A very stupid part of me believed that if I just don't look at my bank accounts and my credit card statements, the money will all still be there, even if I spent it on stupid stuff that month. Well, that's not how it works. I learned the hard way. It's quite the opposite. Usually, when I finally did look, I'd notice that there was some subscription I'd been paying for that I forgot to cancel or I got overcharged for something and it's too late to fix. But now I use Rocket Money to keep track of all of that for me so I don't have to worry. 
Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you could grow your savings. Rocket Money finds all of your bills and subscriptions for you, lays them out, and gives you the option to cancel them automatically, or it can negotiate a lower price for you. I recently tested this out on my internet bill, and they were able to negotiate a lower price for me. I saved like $300 doing this. If you're like me and you get scared checking your accounts, Rocket Money might be your savior. It's nice having everything in one place and under control. I promise you're going to be very happy once you finally do it. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com otherworld. That's rocketmoney.com otherworld. Hey, Otherworld listeners. I'm excited to tell you about a show that I love and I think you're going to love as well. It's called Sophia with an F, starring Sophia Franklin. This show is about as different from Otherworld as a show could possibly be, which is why I think many people were very, very shocked when I got invited on as a guest around Halloween. It was really the crossover that nobody expected. I'll never forget the day my episode came out and every single one of my college-age cousins texted me all at the same time. Very confused, but also very excited. It was nice to hear from all of them, though, and uh, finally get some respect. I had a great time on the show. Sophia is really down-to-earth, which is why I think her interviews are so good. We talked about Otherworld, the paranormal, getting into this whole thing unexpectedly, as I did, and a lot of other stuff that I think normally does not get discussed on Sophia with an F. Normally in the show, Sophia Franklin goes deep on sex, life, mental health, relationships, and everything in between. You could get Sophia all to yourself every Monday for solo mini-episodes and every Thursday with her ride-or-die best friends, experts, and some famous guests on a host of other topics, topics that are not safe for the dinner table, from foursomes and sugar daddies to wild sexcapades and tips for keeping things fresh in the bedroom. It's raw and laugh-out-loud funny, no borders and no filters. My personal favorite is the episode with Walk a Flock of Flame, if you want somewhere to start. Listen to and follow Sophia with an F on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. To her, or like to you, was she always like your sister guardian angel figure? Or did you ever find yourself kind of like wavering with being like, oh, maybe I was just imagining that type of thing? I did when I was younger. I kind of thought I was imagining it when I was younger. And then as I got older, I started to notice every time I saw her, something bad did happen. Whether it was um, like somebody would like fall or something and kind of like twist their ankle or something. Like it wasn't, it wasn't always like really bad things, but you know, just kind of like the, it preventable. Like just if we hadn't been doing it or hadn't been doing it that way, some, like we wouldn't have had as bad of an outcome. So yeah, I guess like falling down a tree or something, or I fell down lots of trees or like <laughs> biking, like falling off your bike or something like you're going too fast. Right. Like, I don't know, things like that. It was nothing like super notable, just she was there when inconvenient things were about to happen, I guess. So when I was like 16 or 17, um, I was in a really horrible relationship. Um, we were only together for about seven months, but I started seeing her a lot more. Um, he was like kind of aggressive. I wouldn't say he was a 
abusive necessarily, but he would black out and do things that were um, mean. <laughs> he would like say really awful things and then he wouldn't remember, but she would always be there kind of like trying to shoo me away right before he would black out, like kind of like, like with her hands, kind of like, you know, the little shoe motion. She would do that to me. I met him at a party. Um, I was, yeah, we were at like a party with a, with a friend of mine and uh, he went to a different school. So I hadn't met him there, but my other friend, um, he, he, yeah, he was like, want to come to this party with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And that's where I met him. Um, he was a really fun guy. Like he was a lot of fun. He was very funny. Um, super easy to talk to, but like annoying, <laughs> I guess he was, uh, he would get on people's nerves a lot, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I liked him, I guess. And then after we were in a relationship, that's when he kind of started getting, um, weird, weirder, I guess. But, um, yeah, he would, he would black out when he would get mad and yeah, say like really horrible things to me. And, but I, I often didn't even quite realize that he was in that state until she would kind of start shooing me away. And then I would get, I would get scared. Cause I was like, okay. <laughs> One time she shoved him and he fell over. And that was when I kind of realized that she could interact with others as well. Yeah. And that's when it like really, really did hit me that she was there. He didn't remember any of this at all. So I felt really crazy when I, when he came to, and I kind of tried to explain what happened because he had like his hands were all cut up from the fall and stuff. And yeah, trying to explain it to him. He, he made me feel very, uh, very crazy, but yeah, he, he fell, <laughs> he fell and she shoved him and it was, a. Uh, it was crazy. Um, Wait, when he would black out, are you meaning like drinking? No. No, he would just get so angry that he would not be aware of what he was doing. And when he came to, he wouldn't remember. What would he get angry about? Literally anything. <laughs> like one time it was, uh, I had been talking to the friend of both of ours that introduced us. Um, one time it was, I didn't, uh, I looked at my phone when we were together one time when he did that. Um, one time it was, he was talking about his father <laughs> and got so mad about it. I, I didn't, I don't think I even said anything to him. He was just talking about his father and got super angry and it happened then as well. So it was like really random things. Jaden, you said you weren't sure if you should use the word. I could tell you right now, this, you're describing an abusive relationship. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a physically abusive relationship is more what I was thinking. But um, yeah, no, he was a... Yeah, he was an interesting human. Can you tell me the full story of like what led up to her when she pushed him? He had been, he had been drinking that night. Um, I wasn't. And I think 
what happened was I got upset with him for being drunk, I believe. And I just wanted to go home. Like I was trying to leave. I didn't have my car and I was just going to walk. It was probably like a half hour walk from his house to mine. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm out of here. See ya. And he got really upset with that. Um, so he grabbed my arm. Um, I remember kind of yelling at him to like let go. I was trying to break up with him at the time because I was really mad. I was really scared. And he just kept saying, no, he wouldn't let go of my arm. And so when I finally got away from him, he kind of shouted, like, you can't leave. And then he, like, made a fist and was coming at me. And then she shoved him. Um, we were outside. It was dark. It was, like, nighttime. So we were out on the street. Because I had been trying to leave. Um, he, uh, he was under a streetlight. I was kind of off to the side. I was, had already been walking away. But yeah, he like kind of like left. It was like very like cinematic. He like left the light <laughs> when he kind of like raised his fist. And she just, she was off to the side, like again, looking like worried. Um, she's off to the side and kind of just like, kind of like just appeared in front of me and just two armed, like stiff arm, stiff armed him. And he hit the ground pretty quick. Like it, I don't know, just like, it was very cinematic. Like his arms went back and a torso fell. I don't know. It was, I don't really know how else to explain it. So he, he falls down and then what happens next? I ran, I ran home. Um, I just left. <laughs> I was scared, so I left. Um, he moved shortly after that, and so we were, I was able to break up with him after he was gone. Um, and then I didn't see her for another probably six months. And then he came back to visit some friends, and so I avoided him the entire time. Um, yeah, <laughs> he was in town and he lived, he lived up north um, and he missed his bus to go back home. And yeah, we were 17 um, and it was me, my ex, my best friend and the friend that introduced us. Um, and I was going to drive him up to Edmonton. So it's about a three hour drive to just get on a bus. And if there was no bus there, I was just going to leave him there. And that was my plan. Um, it happened on January 2nd, actually, the day we're recording. Um, Dude, what? Yeah. What? I, that, that happened today. Um, how many years ago? I was 17. Uh, yeah, almost 10 years ago. That's crazy. Eight years ago. Yeah. Um, this, this is... That th this is not the first time this has happened. Yeah, interesting. On the show. I didn't even realize. So yeah, so it was uh, it was January 2nd. So yeah, the plan was to leave him at Edmonton. <laughs> um, so we got into the car, we started driving. I told my parents I was staying at my best friend's house. My best friend told her parents she was staying at my house. 
Um, I don't know where the boys said that they were, but anyways, yeah, we were driving. So we, it was snowing as it, as it does in January in Alberta. Um, and we had been driving for about 15 minutes and she appeared and said, accident, kind of like whispered it, but like angry whisper, she just said, accident. And I don't remember her ever speaking before, but she spoke. Um, and so I just kind of casually was just like, I think we're going to get into an accident today. And all my friends were like, don't say that. Like, don't, like, don't say that. We're, we're going to be fine. Just keep going. So I did. I just kept driving. It wasn't like a super cold day, but like it started to rain. And when it's raining and snowing and it's January, the roads end up being very slippery. So we were driving, it was fine. Like the drive was fine. It was, it was hard to see, but it was, it wasn't too bad. It was about like two and a half hours. And at this point, um, it started getting bad. Like the, the roads were getting blizzardy. Um, couldn't see really at all. The roads were super slippery. Um, it started getting windy. And then she appeared again. And this time she yelled and like she yelled seatbelts. Um, it took me aback. I kind of jolted back a little bit. And then I was just kind of very like, is everybody wearing their seatbelts? Um, everybody was except for my ex. He was sleeping and he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. So I made I made my friends wake him up and tell him to put his seatbelt on. And he was, uh, he was stubborn about it. He didn't want to. And so like finally the, the guy in the back seat that was with him like made him like, you need to put this on, put it on. I heard the click and my car started to slide. Um, we hit the ditch and my car kind of turned sideways. We rolled three times and we ended up the passenger side down, um, completely sideways. And like my airbags didn't go off, nothing happened. And I could just see her standing in the ditch in front of the, in front of the car, just shaking her head. Like she just looked so disappointed. Um, but yeah, I, I think she was just like, she, she seemed like she was like defeated and she just looked super sad that I hadn't been listening to her. And, uh, yeah, it took us a while to get out of the car. We checked everybody. I had punched myself in the face. <laughs> uh, my hand slipped off the steering wheel and just like knocked me in the face. Um, my best friend had hit her head on the, on the window but like she wasn't bleeding, just kind of sore. Um, my friend in the back seat got hit in the face with the windshield wiper and my ex got a concussion. But other than that, like nobody was seriously injured. Um, all of us kind of sore and everything, but um, yeah, we got out of the car, waited for help. An ambulance took my ex away and uh, my dad and my best friend's dad came up um, during the storm, very angry to pick the rest of us up and take us back home. Um, but yeah, I haven't really seen her too much since. I haven't seen my ex since. Um, I've only ever seen her driving during storms and stuff, but like storms happen here in Alberta. So you're going to be driving through them every once in a while. And she's never spoken again she's always just kind of been there kind of looking 
And I've been just really cautious every time I see her. I just try to be extra careful. Clearly something could happen. Haven't really seen her in the last couple of years, but yeah, I don't know. That's all, I guess. You you have a unique perspective because you have like, you know, ha- partly remember this like previous life and you have like this other sister watching over you. Like, what do you make of all of this? And like, how does it, how do you think it changes your perspective of life versus most people? I definitely believe in like more than just our, our realm, right? Like there is definitely a heaven or a version of heaven or whatever you want to say. Like there's, there is more to this world than just what's on earth. Um, I fully believe in ghosts. (laughs) I've seen ghosts. I don't think she's a ghost. I do kind of consider her more of like an angel, I guess. Um, I wouldn't consider myself an overly religious person. I definitely believe in God or something. There's so many religions that we can't all possibly be wrong. That's my thought. Um, There is more. Um, I I have so many other random stories now that I'm thinking of it. Um, Like I have one friend who's, grandmother is indigenous and she's very spiritual and I guess she saw a photo of me and just said oh she has one spirit that's really protecting her um I haven't met her grandmother I'm scared too (laughs) um but with this other friend of mine um I'll call her Missy um Missy and I were taking photos together and there were orbs all around us all around her I guess in these photos, there'd be orbs covering the side of her photo, and then there'd be one large one right by my head, um, but n- nothing else. When it was just her, the entire photo filled with orbs. My photo, just one. When we were together, one on my side, a bunch on her side. Um, her house was very haunted, and every time I went over, her mother would always tell me that the spirits would calm down when I was around. So I don't know if that has anything to do with with Emmy is her name. I don't think I ever said her name, but it's Emmy is my sister's name. Um, I have no idea if it had to do with Emmy or not, but yeah, things like that, I guess. Um, I definitely believe in more. I, people can believe what they want to believe. I'm not here to convince anybody that there's anything else in this world. It might come for people to think that there is probably unsettling to think that there is for some people. I, I believe there's more and it's comforting for me to think that there, I have family that is beyond this world. That's there to protect me. That's my thoughts on it. Anyways, I don't know if that really answered your question. (laughs) That was great. That was amazing. Um, just to expand on that, I mean, it's funny. You give a kind of res- you give sort of a common response uh, that most people give to like religion or something bigger than you know life. But 
it's interesting. Like you've seen with your own eyes, like many times, something that just does not fit into the rules of our world. Like, how do you square that? Like, like is it? Is there a part of you that still wonders, or is it like, oh, I'm confident. Like I know for a fact that there's more. I, I'm like pretty positive. Like again, I I don't know exactly which religion is right. Um, I know I have my beliefs. I, but so many religions are so similar that it's, uh, it's hard to tell which one is right and which one is wrong when they're all following the basic practices, I guess. Um, I think like for which religion people should follow, I think it's whichever one makes you a better person. Um, (laughs) You believe whatever you want as long as you're a good person. That's my thought. I'm not going to tell anybody that they're wrong. I don't want anybody to tell me that I'm wrong. Um, my my boyfriend right now doesn't really believe in any of it. And that's that's okay. It's whatever he wants to believe in. Whatever whatever makes you, you, whatever makes you a better person. Yeah, I don't know. I I am confident that there is something else. I just haven't quite figured out for myself what I necessarily believe in. I do believe that she is an angel that she is watching over me, that there is somewhere beyond earth where people go after they die. I don't know if it's everybody, but there are definitely some that get to go there. All right, thank you so much to Jaden for telling us her story. Thank you to her mom for getting on the phone and telling me her side of things. And also, thank you to Jaden's friend who spoke to me off the record and was able to confirm some of the stuff with the car accident. What an amazing story. I'm sure some of you guys are as curious as I am about that car accident. I did ask one of my friends, who's a professional librarian, to look around a bit for me. And I told Jaden's mom that if she ever wants help, I'd be willing to try to poke around with her because maybe there's articles out there. It's kind of uh, it's kind of hard, especially with old papers in a different country, but maybe there's something out there. If so, you'll be hearing from me again in the future. That's for sure. But with that being said, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. The title of this episode is My Other Sister, and you've been listening to Otherworld. Otherworld is executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. Our theme song is by Coberman. The soundtrack of this episode is by North Americans. Editing and engineering by Theo Schaefer. The artwork for our show is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. This is an independent show, so please show us your support by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and telling your friends about the show. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at OtherworldPod on Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you or somebody you know has experienced something paranormal, supernatural, or unexplained, you could send us the story at stories at otherworldpod.com. Also, we still have merch for sale. If you want to check that out, it's otherworldpod.com. <laughs>